Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple common problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactly. So to cure this main issue that we are having, we are issuing a challenge. Each week you sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about other stories sent in by you wonderful listeners. Exactamundo. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof media production. production. Um, So it's the first snow of me, of, of once I live in New York. Uh, it's it did yeah, snow in New York earlier so awesome. this year. Apparently, apparently it snowed on on um, Christmas Eve here. Um, so that's kind of nice. It is that uh, that time of year. I know here in it here is, in Texas, yeah, it is winter. Our, yes, our our winter has been pushed back for for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. So like the entire month of December really wasn't that cold. Yeah, but yeah, you uh, had the, for, a day where it was like eighty at the beginning of December, yeah. right? Yeah, basically, and I think like Christmas Day, because I was in like Fluger, I was in Flugerville. I think it was like sixty five. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the majority of of this week, it's been like in the thirties and and twenties, mm-hmm. which is a system shock to a southern boy like myself. Yeah, I'm wondering if we're gonna have the um the same thing from last year. You know, the whole you know power outages and all the of that. Freeze? Apparently, they didn't actually do anything for the power grid to fix it. So. Oh no, nothing, nothing at all. We we literally got starved out for a for a week. Uh, our Texas senator left Texas, mm-hmm. explicitly trying to avoid mm-hmm. the snow that he knew was was coming. Right, headed to and Cancun. Then, exactly, and then after all of that, after people were without power, after some people's houses like just rotted, right? We didn't do a lick of anything to try and fix it for next year knowing even then that next year this year is supposed to be worse it's it i didn't know that it's supposed to be so so far it hasn't really been too terrible and we haven't gotten snow i'm thinking that we'll probably get snow maybe if it like maintains being being this and this cold um late january early february okay is what i'm thinking nice um but but again i'm i'm not a weatherman i've just lived here my my whole life mm-hmm. so. yeah do you just feel it in the air is your your spine mm-hmm. tingling with the oncoming yeah. snow i i feel it in my pinky in your pinky what's your mm-hmm. what's your pinky detecting so if you don't know uh-huh I have a a a crooked pinky. Okay. Basically, it it uh, doesn't go go straight. There's a constant bend in it. Okay. Um, and basically, I'm whenever at my there own is pinky a pinky right now, just yeah, I'm just, just checking in on sure. it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, basically, uh, whenever there there is a major shift in um, weather, or if I feel hurt or or get really sad uh-huh. my 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 a pinky really starts to like tingle okay you know? i thought you were gonna and say it, it starts it, like it bending further in the curve oh, no. oh, my you get like a little like a little loop if it gets below a l- like a little loop pinky. negative 10 get a little loop no <laughs> no 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 even though that that like would be a um better power than just having a very sensitive pinky. I feel like it's the opening. Um, it's like the beginning of the end for like Uzumaki, you know, the the Junjito oh. thing. 
you're mm-hmm. gonna turn into and a then spiral. My pinky starts curling. Yeah, yeah, pinky first. Yeah. If if like I turned into a giant spiral, part of this like otherworldly cut cut construction uh-huh. of uh, spirals, I would want it to be head first. Yeah. Well, in so the, that I'm I'm dead. In in the well, no, you you're not dead. If you if you read it or read the manga or watched the well, movie, um, well, yeah, you you still feel it, but like. If you go head head first, then, well, you, then you should really you should be dead. But yeah. well, actually, they went tongue first, if I remember correctly. Ooh, yeah, he stuck out his <laughs> his awful. tongue, and he's like, "Ha! I still have the spiral." See, and then it turned into a spiral tongue, um, and then he ended up. Um, spoilers for the Uzumaki um, movie. So something that's interesting. So yeah, I I think. In, okay, so spoilers for Uzumaki in, in general. Uzumaki is a wonderful Junji Ito um, book mm-hmm. about horror the horror novel. of yeah mm-hmm. the concept of a, fire, a spiral infecting a town. So if you don't want spoilers, don't listen for like two minutes. Um, although it's like, it, I, I think you'd still enjoy it even with spoilers in my opinion. Because it's yeah, yeah. the experience of, I don't know. Anyway, there's a one point where a guy, he's been spiraling, if you will. Um, and in the manga, he, he, got he ends up like being like, I think like packing himself down in a well, basically. Right. Mm. Um, in the movie, uh, they put him in, in a, um, laundry machine, uh, which I, I don't know. I think that's because it was like, to unspiral him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was, so he was like shaking oh. and stuff and he intentionally put himself in there in this laundry machine that's like in the basement and a character looks in and screams and we don't actually see what it's like until like she gets flashbacks later on and he's just all packed up in there all spirally i had a good time with that movie that movie's weird Uh, but yeah it's weird because it's like there's a lot of stuff that's going on that like in the manga you're looking at it and you're like okay this is this is horrifying um this is Mm -hmm. wrong um because it's on paper you can accept more fiction right but this was a live action right and so some of the effects seem like a bit goofy. I mean, there's like a guy who's like turning into a snail and it's mm-hmm. just, it's ridiculous. Like he's covered in mucus. <laughs> he just looks like a very yeah. wet boy. Um, and then they start like having like these big, you know, uh, helix like shells on their back. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks ridiculous, but also it's like, it is kind of horrifying because he's just, he's becoming this moist boy. And it's yeah. just... without. And and there's no way to like fight it. Exactly, that's, he that's doesn't even realize thing. really, and he's okay with it. Mm-hmm. And there's another one that like her hair just starts having a lot of curls, and you're just like, this is just weird. Like this shouldn't mm-hmm. be possible, you know? Um, yeah, which which is like one of the great things about like Juji Ito's style of like horror is that it's horror in in the mundane mm-hmm. you know and and how these sort of mun- mundane shapes or like uh figures can turn in into something so awful like I, I mean there was a like another one of his stories where like everything just started like sweating green goo mm. and then like everyone just turned into mucus interesting and and like reading it it was so disgusting because everything was covered in like just uh, goo mm-hmm just this disgusting green goo. Um, Interesting. I, and I, again, there, there, there's no way to 
escape it. Yeah, I'll have to find out what that is. Um, the only other, you know, obviously I've read Enigma of Amagara Fault, which I think it's the favorite one of, of the ones that I've, I've actually read. Um, and then yeah. I also read Gyo. I hate it so Gyo, much. Yeah. Gyo, yeah. is the one Why? with the zombie fish. It because it's just it's gross. Yeah. It it's good. It's good. It's just disgusting. <laughs> it's weird. It's yeah. intentionally disgusting. Well, the, the whole thing is just like there's this there's a bunch of like zombie fish being like going around biting people and they're like on robot legs and there's a whole story yes. as to why that's going on. But if they bite you, you don't like turn into a zombie fish but you do get infected with like this disgusting gas thing and like Mm -hmm. god i'm getting a little sick just just thinking about it but like you just are expelling this awful disgusting gas constantly and you taste it Mm -hmm. and you smell it and it never goes away okay i can't i can't continue with this um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just like picturing but the stuff. His, his, it's, but his works are so disgusting because like, it because it operates off a of body horror. Yeah, so well. just to just to cap off Gyo. Gyo's like main horror is like the horror of huffing your own farts. Like it's just, ugh. Anyway, um, I would love to see that other thing that you're talking about. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, as a last side note, before we finally get into the episode, um, I did. Um, so you know the, the like the AI art things or whatever that are like getting really popular yeah. now. I have one on my phone. Mm-hmm. It's like called Wombo oh, cool. Wombo Dream or something. Mm-hmm. Let me, Wombo. Let me actually see. Yeah, Wombo. Like Wombo Combo. Yeah, it's called Wombo Dream. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's free. It's cool. You have a uh, multiple styles that you can do things to. Actually, just got a new one. A you can like do. I don't know. You you put in some prompts and then it generates art with like. <laughs> There's a synthwave art style that it can do, an HD one, which is more mm. like realistic stuff, um, psychic, festive. Anyway, the point is, um, you put in these prompts, and then it'll draw something with those prompts. And sometimes it's just a, like a weird thing, and then sometimes it's really interesting. Um, I saw this like video essay on on YouTube um, that's like the... Um, actually, let me find it while I'm talking. Um but it it just made me think a lot about the um power of this ai generated art um mm-hmm, and definitely. how that cuz i mean really it's it's crazy how it's able to come up with things that are actually like quite are artistic and very a very uh, uh in a very intricate without it you know being filtered through the lens of a human you know it's, it's interesting yeah well what their their point was is that it is like filtered through lens of huge uh, humanity but it's not like direct and it also just reveals stuff about i don't know how like how the ai views the concepts is different from how we do it but it also like reveals something about how we do um yeah the the essay is um it's called uh why ai generated art is so beautiful and it's by um lily alexander who uh is on youtube and she is great youtuber great essayist very good video i highly recommend Anyway, my final point. Um, it's just, just like you look at these AI-generated art and you're like, that is not a table. But like, it has the essence of tableness. You know, the whole thing where you like, yeah. you squint your eyes and then you can like see the thing that you're looking at and then you look closer and none of it makes any sense. It's just like the AI has actually like captured what it is to feel like you're looking at the thing without actually doing it. And that's just, I don't know, it's fascinating. Anyway, yeah. I say Abstract. all this to say... I put in the words Junji Ito uh, 
in the generator thing and it did pull out junji ito stuff which is really cool as its inspiration oh cool yeah yeah it was making really gross stuff in in junji ito style it's great <laughs> nice well i'm probably gonna have to do that after uh after this also uh for the listeners if you hear me sniffling it's because i am currently sick i don't know if i have covid or not mm-hmm. uh i'm waiting for to to get a test but the latest time i can get tested is next sunday um which isn't good but that is a that's while the reason now. why i'm sniffling yeah again. um yeah Our, mm, maybe we should double check that um the omicron can't transmit through um through podcasts we should double check before Ooh, we upload yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah. um or just microphones mm-hmm. in general in which case i'll have to go get tested so i sure hope yeah. not and also everyone who's listening will have, will have to get tested that's true as well yeah yeah uh, so <clears throat> sorry in advance mm-hmm. i'm very sorry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, since we are talking about podcast, we are on a podcast. It's called Do Do the Right Thing. Um, so for this week, we, we will be reading a story by by Walker by Faith. And since we didn't get too many submissions this this week, we're just gonna roll roll on into our to our outro. But we highly recommend and hope that some of y'all uh, that some of you writers will get writing uh, next week, so we can have plenty of stories to talk about. Um, so, the story we will be talking about is, again, by Walker by Faith with The Crutch Six. So, this is The Crutch. For the last eight years, he had been her rock. After Paul's death, Sarah had clung to him like a ship in need of an anchor, something, anything to hold on to. She remembered that it had hit her harder than she ever thought possible, given how brief a time she had been with Paul. And even in the midst of those few short weeks, she would have said the relationship was one she could take or leave. It was only when he died that she realized that she might have actually started to love him. She still got mad at him sometimes, for being weak, for not trying hard enough, for leaving. Most of all, for knocking her up and then pissing it all away in a night of drunken relapse. It was the 21st century, and society was supposed to have moved on from such things as ostracizing unwed mothers, but it had not. Sarah knew it had not. She had seen it at work in her own family when a distant cousin got pregnant while having the absolute audacity not to be married. Maybe it was just the South. But Sarah didn't think so. She thought people were horrible everywhere. When Paul died, she didn't even know she was pregnant. It was so early. He died without ever knowing he had a child on the way, or that his son would be so smart. Sometimes she thought he was too smart, way smarter than she had been at his age. Even at only eight years old, he could argue his way out of most punishments for misbehavior, his logic and rationalizations so sound that it often made her think that she was being the unreasonable one for trying to be a parent. But at least she wasn't in the fight alone. After Paul's death, he had stepped up. He had been there for her. It started as a way for her to deal with the loneliness, the confusion and pain of Paul's passing. They had both needed each other then. They clung to each other. And they consummated those feelings very quickly. So quickly, in fact, that when she found out that she was pregnant, she was not completely sure as to whom was the father, him or, or Paul. When Polly was born, though, 
She knew. Almost right away. She could not have said how or why, just a mother's intuition. Was it his skin tone? Or his hair? It may have been. But more than any feature, it was her son's eyes. She saw Paul in them. He was the one who suggested they name him Paul, after their mutual friend. And her post-delivery haze of emotions she could never quite quantify, she had agreed. Shortly after, especially when the, un the certainty struck that he was indeed Paul's son, she had begun to call him Polly. She could no longer bring him herself to call him Paul. The secret was like a cancer that ate away at her slowly. It was only now that she realized it had always prevented her and Carl from truly becoming as close as two married people should be. It was ironic in a way. They were both members of Alcoholics Anonymous, a program that pushed forth the principle of honesty in all their affairs. Yet here she was, lying to, car, lying to Carl, year after year, day after day. She did love him, she knew, in some fundamental way. But after meeting Audra, Paul's mother, in the Kroger, she knew that it would never be enough. Polly had overheard enough of the conversation, and his high intelligence, combined with the conversation he overheard, was enough for him to follow, and now know that his father was not the man he had, led, he had been led to believe it was for his entire life. After that chance and catastrophe, after that chance and catastrophic run-in, Sarah had finished shopping and quickly gone home, unloaded the groceries from the car, sent Polly upstairs to play on his PlayStation. Some new game with his favorite character? Was it Venom? That didn't sound right. Oh, sugar, what was it? Kane! That was it. And then closed herself in her bedroom, finally allowing herself to sob under the weight of years of lying to both of the men in her life. She knew she would have to speak to Polly about it more, and before Carl got home. But she didn't know how. After the tears had subsided, Sarah knew two things with absolute certainty. The first was that Carl loved her and her son more than anything in his life. He had been the father to Polly that she wished she had growing up. He had done all the things right. He had committed finally to staying sober for real, had gotten a higher paying job to support a family, and had proposed to and eventually married her so that she wouldn't have a child out of wedlock, and then had the most loyal and then had been the most loyal, caring, and loving husband and father a woman could ever ask for. The second thing she knew in that moment was that it wasn't enough. It wasn't an it wasn't enough that he loved her in that way. She knew that she could never love him back in that same way, the way he deserved. With the realization, Sarah's anxiety had settled down. She knew she would have to tell Carl everything, and quickly, before Polly could inadvertently spill the beans. She knew she didn't have long, because Polly had already lectured her on the way home about being honest. Imagine, a child lecturing his mother about honesty, she thought. And yet again, she knew that Polly was right. He had not yet made the leap to asking about his real father, but she knew that would come in time. She knew that this was not going to be a fun conversation. 
She knew it was going to break Carl's heart in a way that she couldn't imagine and had never seen, not even when Carl's sister had committed suicide two years ago. No, this was bigger. It would rock him to his core, and the one he normally would lean on in such moments was her. She didn't know where he would turn to for comfort in the face of this. Yet even with all these thoughts in her head, even with the knowledge of how it was going to hurt to have this conversation, Sarah had peace. It was as though she had known all along that she didn't really love him, and her thoughts on revealing this to him simply confirmed it. Sarah would finally be free from the prison of her own lies. A small smile touched her lips with the knowledge, just as she heard Carl's car pulling into the driveway. <clears throat> well, all right, all right. I think that this this uh, this entry in this wider story is definitely really focusing on this um, emotional crux and this this huge problem that uh, Sarah seems seems to be having. Um, and I love how we start off with Paul, so we sort of get a solid understanding of that character. But now we're delving more so into the people that Paul knew and the sort of hole that Paul left left behind and how it's creating a totally different problem within Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how it seems that with Sarah time it is running out faster, you know, like the, uh, the, the son, Polly all already sort of knows that, that, that Charles, Charles, Carl, Carl, that a uh, Carl isn't his, his father, but doesn't really have the, emotional bandwidth or really the knowledge to actually question it or to ask who his father really is so there's just so many great things happening in this and you know you can really just feel the sort of anxiety that sarah is feeling be be because of this Mm -hmm. and i think that that's very uh, accomplished um throughout this uh, this piece Mm -hmm. it's really great Yeah, although I, I, I will say it definitely made me sad um, yes. by the end, yeah. um, particularly because I feel that um, I can definitely see this being, like, the correct, like, outcome, but I also mm-hmm. was wondering why um, she felt that she could never love Carl, um, especially after um, finally, you know, having this conversation. I almost thought that the, the way that it was going would be that... Um, she would realize that that's that secret has been the thing that's been keeping her from loving him fully. Yeah. And now that she's going to be finally able to speak the truth that she's going to be free of the prison of her lies and actually be able to love her wonderful husband as he, um, yeah, as as she, yes, she wants to, which I mean, there, there was this, this moment uh, in this piece where she did talk about that, even though Carl did, did love her, the amount that he loved her she knew that she that she could could never get there mm-hmm. and i know i've i've been in a similar situation within a re relationship where the other person loves you so much but it's hard for you to really get on that same level with them mm-hmm. you know uh but i think that the fault here is that it's gone on for so long mm-hmm. that that carl thinks that Polly is his son um, and that they are married and that and that uh, Carl thinks that they're in a very happy marriage mm-hmm. with her having these sort of reservations. 
Um, especially for this to feel like something that's been sort of boiling under the surface for so long and for her not to say anything. I mm-hmm. feel that, you know, it's of course a disservice to this character of Charles, but at the same time I completely understand where, where she is coming from. You know, the the pressures from from society to um, be married when you when you have a, a, a child mixed with a whole bunch of other things mixed with her own emotional vuln, uh, vuln, vulnerability due to the the child or the the father of of her child just recently dying I can understand why she would keep this this secret even though it of course is gonna hurt Carl and Polly so much when she does have to come out and and, and say it. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I, I but you know, yeah, in the same fashion, I'm I feel really sad for everyone in mm-hmm. this uh situation. And I know as soon as this bomb drops, I have a feeling that something horrible might might happen, mm-hmm. right? Um so um, why yeah. why do you think um Sarah is sort of choosing not to like like realizing that she cannot ever love um carl in that way yeah i mean i i think because it seems that this re relationship was born out of her own personal necessity you know Mm. to have this this sort of family unit um and i think she probably got in to the problem of falling in love with the ideal of someone or or the idea of what a person can bring and not the person themselves. I mean, throughout, like, Carl has been described as the perfect husband, loving, caring, uh, has, has, has a great job. You know, he's doing all of the right things. But if someone just isn't able to get on that, that level with, with that other person, I can see that being the reason why she she feels that she can't truly love love Carl mm-hmm. um because there there might just not be that click there or she's still getting over Paul and uh all of all of his 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 issues to where moving on to Carl is like a sort of system shock you know either way it is sad and I'm not sure to what extent she's actually tried to love Carl um mm-hmm. beyond the things that that Carl that Carl, that Carl brings to the uh, to the table, um, but yeah, either way, it is sad, and I think the main reason why she she feels that is that she probably felt this as soon as she started talking to to Carl to where yeah, this is a great man, but I probably won't love or like be deeply in in love with this man, but due to her own personal necessity and due to her wanting. Uh, Polly to have a father um, I feel that's why she's stuck with him for so long knowing within herself that she can never truly love this man on the same level that mm-hmm. she loves him mm-hmm. that he loves her yeah yeah at least that's that's what I'm getting but uh, what are what are you getting from uh, from this um yeah I'm not sure um like what I'm sort of hoping for is that this is sort of like the um, like first reaction, basically, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in the wake of it, um, but that, uh, that she might, I don't know, re- rethink that or something. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I'm just imagining the the conversation starting and then, um, 
like, you know, him basically asking, like, why? And then I don't know what her answer would be, basically. Um, <clears throat> True. Um, because, yeah, I mean, uh, throughout the, the these pieces, we've gotten a lot of defenders that she will not ever love him, that... Um, that uh, the that the child knows that that Carl isn't his 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 real dad. But again, I think yeah. To 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 go on off of your point, we've never gotten a reason as to why she is feeling these these things. Mm-hmm. Um, to where I might even speculate that she probably doesn't even know, right? Mm-hmm. And that. This is just how she is feeling, but she hasn't taken the time to actually analyze why. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's that's what I'm getting from it. It certainly could be. I mean, the other thing I'm thinking of is like, if she told uh, Polly that Carl's not his real dad. I don't know. I'm picturing a child's reaction of like, um, but he is my dad. Like he's mm-hmm. he's the he's the dad I have. Like uh, something about. Uh, jeans what <laughs> um, yeah exactly well i don't know maybe he's a, a that genius eight-year-old um but these are I just mean, she, speculations she like said that that you know he was really smart but mm-hmm. yeah i mean again to to your your point what is the concept of a father of a dad mm-hmm. to a child who doesn't know about who doesn't know about genealogy who doesn't even know how children are born mm-hmm. like Carl could definitely still be Polly's dad. In fact, I'm pretty sure Polly believes that Carl is their dad because Carl fits all of, of the roles that Polly thinks a dad should should be. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know how Polly would even really take it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it'll definitely be a be a system shock. It might be Polly's first moment of a sentience, even you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I do love how how this story is really ramping up to um, a scene of of Sarah t- telling them, and and I'm and I'm really eager to see that scene and also see what fallout may happen because of that bomb that she is gearing up to drop. What is great, yeah, is that it will be a very dramatic conversation, um, which are mm-hmm. always I don't know. I enjoy writing those. Sometimes I just imagine like. Uh, characters saying bad things to each other, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the drama of it, and then just kind of going from there. Just kind of almost ridiculous things, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just like, they're, they're saying whatever will, will hurt the other the, the most. Uh, I know when I uh, write these, these scenes, I always pull from, like, personal experience, uh, seeing my my parents fight, see my like, my like a grandpa, my, my, uh, grand, my grandparents fight. And also, you know, all of the dumb, dumb little spats that, you know, I've gotten into with the people that I've dated. And I, and I really draw, draw from that. Um, at, at least the sort of rhythm that a lot of these relate, these relationship fights sort of follow, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, either way, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm really uh, excited to to see how this story might either reach a a, a climax or another inciting incident. Um, but yeah, overall, really great job to Walker by Faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, very much enjoyed the story, and of course, just the the whole series in general. Um, you know, starting off with a pretty 
dramatic problem and then just seeing ripple effects from that I think has been a, a pretty good experiment in um, just bringing out drama in, in different angles so um, mm-hmm. yeah I would definitely actually recommend that as a as a practice to anyone else as well to have uh, this sort of exploration of the effects of um, of a bad thing happening basically I think it's a definitely a, it's a, a good thing to learn from yeah definitely definitely um well all right if you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing you can do that by going to reddit at slash r slash do the right thing all you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words Uh uh-huh um if you want to hear the words as soon as they come out the best place to do that would be to follow us on twitter at right thing cast and hit that notification bell um so you can see the announcements as soon as they come out um uh, for example, hypothetically, if we had canceled recording because of Jarvis's COVIDness, for example, if we find <laughs> out that it is um, transmissible through podcasts, that would be mm-hmm. the first place you hear about it. So we could tell you just to not listen to it um, until mm-hmm. you have the booster. Yes, yes. Uh, I I have also heard that uh, boosters do do um, defend against net viruses also. So, you know, I've, I've, I've heard that it's actually better than uh, Norton, which is crazy. <laughs> um, oh, my God. But, yep. <laughs> but if you want to support us and everything else happening in Doof Media, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. Uh, all, all, all you have to do is donate $10 or more per month to get access to exclusive bonus content, including the latest episode of Doof Over. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of other things. Um, the Doofcast uh, just covered uh, Matrix Resurrections in, in deconstructing oh, the Wachowskis. Because okay. they, they did um, a series deconstructing, or, or you know, looking out at all of um, the Wachowski films, um, mm-hmm. including all of the Matrix movies. Matrix so, films, yeah. So um, sort of as a, as a, a callback is not correct, but just revisiting that series and with yeah. the context of the things that they learned looking at the Wachowski films, um they yeah they looked at matrix uh resurrections so if yeah. you i'm really that, interested yeah yeah um i remember your reaction was not great i think oh, not at all <laughs> okay yeah fair enough i but, haven't seen it but yeah i i would i would love to to see sort of what what they say especially since they've already covered the other ones so they have like the most uh, amount of context possible to sort of tackle this this mm-hmm. fourth movie. Yeah, yeah. And of course, there's always so much else going on um, at, at Doof Media. If you have not caught up with Pale um, and, and you have been reading it, I would recommend catching up or at least, you know, doing a binge or, or something. Um, because I know that the next, um, some episodes coming up are going to be really, really cool. Um, and I'm very excited to listen to those. So I actually need to catch up. I'm like two arcs behind, which at this point, Wild Bow's like arcs are like two books long <laughs> so i i have quite a bit of reading to do but um i'm excited too i also actually yeah to a different thing um i recently read uh this is how you lose the time war um which i mm. adored and it's a book that we covered in the book club i haven't listened to the book club okay. episode yet um it, but it because it was from a, a bit ago um, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize how wonderful of a book it was. Um, such a beautiful romance. Actually, I bought um, a copy. Oh, okay. So I bought a, a copy for uh, my boyfriend, and he he bought one for me, uh, basically. Uh, and we're sending each other. And then our idea is that we're going to 
I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to highlight, you know, the romantic passages that I really love, and they'll do the same. It'll be cool. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I I very much highly recommend it. There's so many... um, It's, uh, for those who don't know, it's a um, time-traveling romance epistolary, uh, so it's told through letters that these time-travel agents are leaving each other on their missions, and, um, you know, their relationship... Uh, changes and I think pretty early on you can see where it's going um mm. but it's oh it's it's wonderful it's there's so much wonderful like lyrical poetic confessions of of love and I, I cried at the confessions of love you know what I mean like it wasn't even like the Aww. sad part right yeah uh, it's good anyway but that's but that's great that like something like like that that can easily be cheesy and uh and a hackneyed seem to actually be pulled off very uh, oh no yeah it was not it was not no it was not that kind of romance it wasn't a pulp uh romance no it Mm -hmm. was it was good um so big recommendation um from me on uh this is how you lose the time war so awesome and and i might even have to pick it up myself it's also gay so there's that also ah so it is gay Mm -hmm. the gay it is it is the gay (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> I think that's all we have for you uh, this week. Um, how about we announce the words? Sure. Uh, would you mind telling me what the words are for next week? Mm-hmm. The words for next week are, as I refresh, um, they are party, morning, as in like like sun sun morning, like not like morning mm-hmm. as in like sad, um, flight, and help. So party, as in a festive gathering of mm-hmm. people where mm-hmm. there's typically drinks and some some sort of celebration yes morning as in the time after midnight when the sun comes up mm-hmm. uh and what we'll, and what were the other two uh flight flight as in to uh, soar through the the skies mm-hmm. planes take flights taking you from place to place birds uh fly mm-hmm. and they have flight but penguins are flightless birds that's true um, um and what was the last one? If you're well, if you're in a con- uh, confrontation, you might have a fight or flight instinct, which is to mm, um, yes. escape the situation. Um, you could be flighty, which means that you're prone to running away from situations. Skittish, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, last one is just help. Help. Help is to give aid to someone. Also, the people that might work in like your giant mansion could be considered mm-hmm. the the help. Mm-hmm. There's this really great novel and, and movie named the The Help, where mm-hmm. one of the maids bakes a I was a shit I pie. was literally about to mention <laughs> that scene in particular. I was yes. about to say the exact same thing. Uh, yes, so she, she she bakes a a poop pie mm-hmm. um, for Just so she can say really angry, eat my shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Eat, eat my shit, which was a fantastic scene. I still don't know if she actually put poop in it, but she probably did. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, I hope they didn't do that in the movie, but in no, but definitely in yeah. in the context of of the film itself, I really hope she she did because yeah. her uh, her uh, employee or or employer was awful. God oh awful. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but help, yes, the help um mm-hmm. quite good okay so jarvis in um you have 30 seconds can you tell me a story using those words yes 
so this this will in, in uh, involve a man who wants to take flight in in to the into the sky, but he uh, he he enlists help. Uh, from his younger cousin who is like a who's like a super genius but he is younger mm-hmm. so he can't drive yet so he has to drive them <laughs> all all around the town looking for mm-hmm. uh materials for his uh human wings mm-hmm. uh what were the other two words um i, I morning flight help party mm, yeah okay and uh, by by morning, after working all all night, they uh, made these like human wings, and then he he took flight, and it kind of worked. Mm-hmm. He 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 could mostly just glide and uh, hover. Mm-hmm. It was really hard for hover. him to, to, to like to like uh, flap his his wings and and like and, and like really take flight, take take flight. But uh, they decided to to uh, celebrate this small little uh, this small little milestone in their long journey and mm-hmm. uh, being and being able to let humans mm-hmm. take take flight mm-hmm. by throwing a crazy crazy party mm-hmm. where they all drunk way too much and forgot exactly what happened mm-hmm. at that party. Perfect, exactly thirty seconds. How did how did you manage mm. manage that? That was incredible. Yeah, um, you know, uh, well, normally it's just uh, a, a a bump of coke per per day keeps, uh, keeps the doctor keep, concerned. Keeps the brain um, at sway. At sway. Um, you know what you should do in the editing? You should actually like crunch that down so it actually only takes thirty seconds. That's what I recommend. Yes. So it's it'll yeah. play at three three times speed. Um, okay. Yeah, and they'll they'll definitely understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, but what about you? What is what is your um, thirty word story? Um, so uh, so my story is um, so um, a a guy hears uh, his, his girlfriend says yes. Um, can you help me with this morning party? Um, and uh, so he's like yes, of course I'll help with this morning party. Um, and so he gets really excited because he's he's a party fiend, right? So he goes and gets like uh, confetti cannons. He actually builds like a whole suit. Um, that so he's like in his underwear. He's got a big cape, and on his shoulders he has confetti cannons, and he just like has to pull like strings for them to to pop out. Um, and he also has like a boombox strapped to his tummy, um, and he's like ready to party, right? Um, and so he shows up to this morning party, and he he. Uh, which is in a, a strange location. Um, it's actually very close to to um, a, a cemetery, which he thinks is a is a very strange thing. But so, but so he um, you know pops out from behind the 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 curtains, sort of almost taking flight with the cape fluttering out behind him. And he's like, "I'm ready to party. I'm ready to help with the party." And he like shoots the confetti, and he's like got the you know um, LMFAO playing on the the boombox on his tummy, um, and then realizes that everyone in the room is wearing black suits, um, and a lot of them are old, and they all seem to be crying. And then the girlfriend says, "I said, I said morning party, not morning party." <laughs> <laughs> It's like yes, okay. I thought it was weird that there was a morning party was going to happen at two p.m. Makes sense. Yep, that's the story. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that was a hundred and twelve words. Uh huh. Almost oh, thirty. Did you really count every word? Yes, every wow. word. That's impressive. Including in, including the ums. Those wow. are words. Too. That's fucked up. You can't do that. Yeah, Actually, I'm, I'm I wonder sorry. it should be in the dictionary. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it is a 
It is a latency in speech normally used as filler for the next word. Yeah, it's not necessarily like a word in itself, as in it carries meaning that adds to the sentence, but it is a sound that is like recognized by everyone. I mean, it's different in each mm-hmm. language. You got to translate it. Um, yeah, but but still, if, if someone it carries says, meaning. Um, yeah. Yeah, it says, I'm hmm. thinking. Give me a sec. It's, well, it's well, like punctuation. Yeah, it's a different form. It, honestly, ums are kind of like M dashes, mm-hmm. only with a sound. You're it's a, so it's correct. a vocal. It's they're a exactly vocal the same. M dash. Yes. Yeah, vocal. They're exactly the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, well, you know what? I think that um, we should all sit down and call Webster. Make mm-hmm. sure that they get a new update where um is one of their new featured words, so that when when we are writing, we can um do the right thing mm-hmm. and use the proper spelling for each sentence. Do you think uh would be a synonym of um? Yes. Uh and um. Yes. Mm-hmm. In, in Actually, that case, it would be uh uh um and um. Uh huh. <laughs>